At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Ms. T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. Hello, everyone. This is Tanisha Baker, your host with the most of trending news, interesting interviews, new artists, and much, much more. It's July 11th. And you're listening to Talking With Tea, the show designed with you in mind. I'm broadcasting this week from Hotlanta, and I'm joining in the celebration of the 67th annual boule of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. I want to give a special shout out to my sorority sisters that have turned Atlanta pink and green, and they've arrived from all over 30,000 deep. Today will be a special edition of Talking With Tea that will highlight stories that have emerged through a rippling effect that started with the loss of two more innocent black men at the hands of law enforcement. We'll go into more detail in a bit as other segments of today's show will be abbreviated. Well, it's July 11th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, rapper Lil' Kim, the sixth U.S. President John Quincy Adams, actress Cassie Davis, and actress Kalita Smith. The theme this month is Jazzy in July, where you're encouraged to sparkle and shine. Don't let anyone dull your shine. Stars shine brightest in the dark. So choose to shine in spite of. Our Monday Minute Quick Bits are as follows. Kevin Durant signs with the Golden State Warriors. Serena Williams wins Women's Wimbledon. A petition to remove Jesse Williams from Grey's Anatomy was shut down by writer Shonda Grimes. Data reports that American cities find their black citizens disproportionately to make up for budget shortfalls. According to Priceonomics, the single biggest factor determining whether or not a municipality levies a lot of fines on its citizens is the size of its African-American population. Tennessee officers are now enforcing the Slowpoke Law so drivers can no longer cruise in the fast lane. The Bahamas has issued a travel advisory for people traveling to the U.S. in light of the recent shootings of two unarmed black men here in this country. Xavion Dobson's family prepares to attend the 2016 ESPY Awards, where Xavion will receive the ESPN's flagship award for courage. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back with Professor Jay and P.I. Pam as we uncover the headlines in trending news. Purpose. 
compilation of stories all related to recent tragedies involving the loss of black lives at the hands of law enforcement. I have with me Professor Jay to shed intellectual insights and P.I. Pam investigating between the lines as we bring you today's edition of Trending News. So it all started this past Tuesday when Alton Sterling, a 37-year-old father of five, was killed in Baton Rouge when officers reportedly responded to reports of a man carrying a gun, said he was threatening others and selling CDs in front of a convenience store. So the only collaboration of this is him selling the CDs. Regardless, the video shows Sterling contained on the ground when an officer shot him at close range. The video also shows that he was not reaching in his pockets, nor did he have anything in his hands. And it later came out that a homeless man is the one that actually made the call, and this homeless man had actually been badgering Sterling. And so he had called 911, and this all kind of got the chain of events started that led to this unfortunate outcome. Then on Wednesday, Philando Castile became the second black man to die at the hands of police officers in Minnesota. Now, Castile was a longtime employee in public schools, and was described by many as a role model for kids. The story has gone viral, and I know many people know the details, but he was killed in front of his fiance and four-year-old daughter as he attempted to comply with the request of the officer to hand him his license and his registration after being pulled over for a busted taillight. And by the way, I later read that he didn't have a busted taillight so, you know, that's a whole nother um, issue within this story in itself. But his fiance posted a video of the aftermath to show how this incident went down. And by all accounts, it was the most literal, raw, and vagrant depiction of police killing an innocent black man that I had seen. Now, I also read that he had been pulled over something like 31 times and had multiple charges. And I thought, well, let me look and see, you know, what he had done. Maybe he's being targeted by the police. But they were all simple things, you know, like 
maybe parking tickets or failure to yield, things like that. So there was something going on there, and I'm not sure if the full details of this story has all come out. But on that day and at that time, it did not appear that he should have lost his life. And the thing I think that people are upset about is that, in my opinion, even if he was doing something illegal, you cannot issue the death penalty on site. Yeah, I was just going to uh, interject that, you know, here again, most of the offenses that Orlando Castillo had been pulled over for or had been cited for, I read in a source that the majority of those had been dismissed. So right. I'm I'm trying to figure out what's really going on. And then uh, from what I read this morning, there was information from the police candidate said that the police were targeting or looking for uh, a suspect in a crime that had been committed, and they were pulling him over because because Mr. Castile supposedly had a wide nose. I'm like, really? Are y'all serious? Oh, uh, you know what? I saw that. Yes, I saw that story as well. And the story, you know, has a lot of holes. And we already know if you're going to work with children that you can't have any criminal history or a record that would be a warning or you wouldn't be right. able to do that. So we know off the bat that he doesn't have a history that, you know, would shed a bad light as far as his character and really give any, in my opinion, any reasons for them to target him. But, of course, we're learning uh, more often than not that there really doesn't have to be a justifiable reason for this. And, you know, the police, and not all police, but there's definitely a culture within police departments right now that are targeting our black men. So I had started preparing for today's show, and I knew at that time just by the series of events that had gone on that we were going to really just focus in on this particular topic. But just as I did, I learned about another story that happened on Saturday, and the gentleman's name was Alva Brazil. Police had said that he was waving a gun around and pointed it at them, and, of course, they shot him dead. However, there happened to be surveillance video from a nearby gas station that disputes all of this. It actually shows him with his hands in the air, nothing in his hands, and in fact, he has on a white shirt with two police cars shining a light on him. So you can very clearly see that he was not threatening them. And in fact, he was standing still as he was gunned down by the police. So Brazil now is the most recent of the 137 black people killed by police in this year alone. And I'm talking about 2016, and we still have a little more than five months to go. So according to data, black males between the ages of 15 and 34 are nine times more likely to be killed by police than any other demographic. So it's hard to argue against facts and evidence. There are several links to information and resources provided under today's show topic on www.talkingwitht.com. And what is even more disturbing is that the videos that have been showed of other races trying to be apprehended by the police, and they have had weapons, and they have had machetes, and the police have either used the rubber bullets on them, or they have de-escalated them to talk to them, and they were 
taken into custody without being harmed. Why is a black man such a threat to them? And if they are so scared of black men, then why would you go into that profession? Because with Alton Sterling, it was clear that he was down. They had a knee in his neck, and another one was sitting on him and had knee on the other hand. And the whole time they're saying, get down, get down. And then they shoot him three or four times and say, get down, get down. Okay, I think he's down. You just shot him. It's just, I don't, I don't know why. Why are we so, why are you, our black men so hard for them to de-escalate or take them into custody without, without killing them, not even harming them? They go straight and kill them. Well, you know, these two incidents have sparked outrage and protest across the country. And people were flooded, you know, with a range of emotions, I think, from grief to anger. And, and sadly, during a protest in Dallas Thursday night, 12 police officers were shot, five died. And let me start by saying that, actually, I'm going to share what I, I posted on social media regarding the incident. And that is, as much as I believe there's a culture of permissible assaults targeting black males among some police, all are not guilty. Just as all black men aren't thugs or criminals, there are many police that are unsung heroes. And so you can't stop a cycle while still spinning it. You can't try to fight for peace with violence. Even here on Talking With T, you know, we've shared many happy highlights involving the kindness of police officers that have gone the extra mile and have actually upheld their vows to protect and serve. And as much as we have cause to be wary of police, we cannot assume guilt by association and just wage an outright war on law enforcement. So I know there are varying opinions about this. I welcome you to hit me up and talk with T. Now, I will say one disturbing outcome of the Dallas shooting was the misidentification of a suspect. And as you can imagine, the man, Mark Hughes, was very upset. He had received death threats. His, his face and picture was plastered all over the media. And so his picture had been shared with the world, and he's been accused of being the one that had unleashed this assault on the police when actually it wasn't him. So media did come to the rescue, and I know there's several news stories and social media that assisted him in spreading the word that it wasn't him. But from his account, he was not assisted at all by the police in clearing his name. And so before we could really digest all of this, another officer in Missouri was shot in the neck, and he is currently fighting for his life. And then while no one was injured, San Antonio police were faced with gunfire as they were in their department building. So to be clear, I can mourn the loss of an innocent life without disrespecting neither. I can be sad for the police officers that were in Dallas, you know, not on the scene of the incident, and their families and their children. I understand one was a newlywed, one was a new father, and I can be sad about that. And I can also be very sad and heartbroken about the numerous incidents involving the loss of our black males in particular. And, of course, we're losing our black females as well. But right. just these back-to-back -back incidents that have occurred uh, happen to involve recently our black males. So we know, like I said, protests have erupted all over the country, shutting down streets, interstates, bridges. And people of all races, economic backgrounds, gender, ages, they've joined in solidarity to speak out against the very obvious 
belittling of black lives in this country. And I happened to witness firsthand here in Atlanta the protesters, and I ran into a soror from Oklahoma that said that they were protesting there in her home state and that the Ku Klux Klan actually tried to come and interrupt the protest. So we're not being overly sensitive. We're not misjudging the situation. The racism is real. For all of our brothers and sisters, regardless of your ethnic background, joining in to speak out to say it's not okay and have some discussions and some understanding about why we feel the way we do, I think is important and it's probably part of the healing process. I've read some testimonies of my male friends that have talked about their personal encounters with the police. And I've also heard more and more black males speak about their fear of being stopped by the police. And we know all police aren't bad. You know, we're just not that ignorant to think that every single police officer is under the same mold, I guess, so to speak. And so we know they're not all bad apples. But when the cobbler is baked, it's hard to know which ones are bad until you run into them. So it makes us fearful. Hundreds of people have been arrested in these protests, including prominent figure in the Black Lives Matter movement, DeRay Mackison. And while most protests have been peaceful, some have turned violent. But, you know, people are angry. And if we think about just a few names, Walter Scott, Freddie Gray, Sandra Bland, Eric Harris, Oscar Grant, Samuel DeBose, Devin Guilford, Dylan Taylor, Kamani Gray, John Crawford, Mike Brown, David Hooks, Ayanna Jones. Eric Garner, Sean Bell, Kelly Thomas, Irvin Edwards, Thaddeus McCarroll, Cedric Daddy, Tamir Rice, Zachary Hammond, Rakia Boyd, Catherine Johnston, Ramali Graham, Jonathan Farrell, Akai Gurley, Anthony Bays, Ryan Bollinger. I mean, I don't have time to read all the names. That's just a few and some of the ones that have been more prominent in the media. Right. But these names kind of ring in our heads and give us pause and cause to say Black Lives Matter. And speaking of that, when we say Black Lives Matter, we're not saying that only Black Lives Matter. We know that all lives matter to somebody. But right now, the evidence and the issue is related specifically and particularly to Black lives. And so that's what, is what this is about. And I'm almost starting to become offended about the All Lives Matter because it almost weakens or diminishes the cause behind black lives. And that's my personal opinion. Like I said, feel free to talk with T um, and share your insights and your opinions as well. But those are my current thoughts right now about that. Yes, indeed. And along those same lines with the uh, whole protesting and Black Lives Matter down here in Memphis for uh, the past couple of hours, we've been in the midst of uh, a media whirlwind, so to speak, with a Black Lives Matter protest that has essentially shut down the I-40 bridge or one of the I-40 bridges here in Memphis, which is a major thoroughfare between Memphis and Arkansas. And it's just now getting to a point at 11.02 p.m. on Sunday night where the protest is kind of dispersing somewhat. The bridge has reopened. However, you still have a small group of protesters who are standing their ground. And as I speak, police are out with their shields and their riot gear. And even the interim police director has pretty much put out a plea for 
the protesters to go home. And it's it's late at night, and he's told the people that, okay, we've got the message, meet us tomorrow at uh, one of the local churches here, and we can further strategize uh, how we're going to handle the protests and get our message across to not just here in Memphis, but to the world, to the nation, et cetera. And like I said, there's still a remnant that's still hanging on. And so, you know, most of us here in Memphis are wondering, okay, what are you really trying to prove now? I mean, we've all, we've got the message. You already shut down one of the major thoroughfares uh, between two states. You've already gone down one of the major streets in Memphis, uh, Beale Street, which is a very prominent tourist area. So you've garnered media attention. You've held the media captive for the past three hours. Now, what are you trying to prove here? So I'm intrigued to see how this is going to play out over the next couple of hours. And hopefully I won't wake up tomorrow morning with the disturbing news of a tragedy happening here in my own city. Because I think we as a country have been through enough over the past week. And it's getting to the point where, as I was telling Another very dear friend of mine that it's, it's sensory overload. Every other day, something has happened. You wake up and you turn on the news, you scroll on Facebook, and there's some sort of tragedy. It's just too much at once. It's an onslaught. It's like, what do we do? That's right. true. We had a couple of peaceful protests here in Knoxville, and there was a tweet going around that the Ku Klux Klan were supposedly um, coming as well, but they were coming to act like they were supporters and take pictures and videos of the people that were there so they could put them on their website and in their database for future reference to label the black people as um, threats or whatever they think that we are. But from the news accounts, they didn't show up. It wasn't anything negative to happen. So it turned out pretty good, the two peaceful protests that they had here within the last couple of days. So we can be thankful for that because we know how fast things can turn ugly, especially right. two different sets of people together. Right, right. And, you know, it seems like fuel just keeps getting added to the fire. When racists, and I'm talking about on both sides, just keep throwing fluid on the flame. Because there was uh, one more story that I think is still connected to this is when a white Kansas cop kind of just randomly threatened the life of a little black girl on Facebook. Now, he's lost his job, and I'm wondering, was it worth it? Do you have that much hate in your heart that you are willing to give up your livelihood to target a random person, particularly a child, and, and wish harm on them? You know, what kind of person is that? And it's definitely not the type of people that we want in law enforcement. And unfortunately, we aren't able to catch them all, and we aren't able to catch them all fast enough. So I I think it's something, going back to the culture of, of maybe people that want to be police, something in their character, I don't know if it's the, the power play or what it is that is causing this to happen in such an abundance. Because at this point, I think an abundance is a fair word because it's happened way too many times. Yes, it has. Way too many. There's so much to these stories. I just have to encourage you, one, to research for yourself. Look at credible media sources and follow the timeline. You're intelligent enough to make sense of 
what's being told to you. If it sounds ridiculous, it probably is. And I actually have, like I said, some links to the information shared today, and you can get full details by visiting www.talkingwitht.com. But I guess that's it for this bit, and I can't wait, and hopefully it will be a better and a more joyful topic uh, will emerge next week as I speak with Professor J and P.I. Pam, and we bring you trending news and reviews. So I can't wait to talk to the two of you next week. And I can't wait to tell it. And you know I'm going to say it. How right now. Well, once again, we've come to an end. But stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you use an iPhone or iPad, download the podcast. Currently, you can listen to Talking With T on Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, or TuneIn Radio, and recently added Google Music. Remember that new shows drop each Monday. And don't forget to subscribe to Talking With T Daily, the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Remember where you heard the word, keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking With Tea.